This is the official Covering the Corner podcast, episode 172. I am your host, Matt Lyons, and in this week's episode, we'll have some meatballs for you, some fun stuff that happened over the Cleveland's first week of games, talk about Shane Bieber striking out 12 batters on opening day, what that means for him in history, and basically just kind of talk about the games as they, as they happen. Um, so tuning through four games was kind of wild, what we saw in the lineups, what might happen going forward. Talk about Carlos Santana's first at-bat in Cleveland, got a standing ovation. That was neat. Cleveland lost that game, as they did several others this weekend, but we'll talk about that too. And we'll look ahead to the upcoming series against the Tigers. Again, uh, not, a, not a lot of diversity in the schedule over the first week, but we'll talk about it. Uh, Cleveland will be playing a lot of AL Central games, which probably at the beginning of the season, we thought those might be cakewalks. But as we've seen so far, there is no cakewalk when you're playing in snowstorms and cold weather with a lineup that is probably inconsistent at best but we'll talk about the upcoming tiger series when the cleveland will play them again joining me for all that and more and other than mr merritt rolfing merritt how you doing i'm great man baseball is back and i get to watch it even if it's bad so it's a big w in my book let's be honest here that's the thing even when they're terrible it's still still just watching i even have Listen, it's on i'm sad a little bit at work but it's on there and it's just <laughs> kind of like the noise of them doing not greats happening and then i guess going and then sometimes i watch a different team and that team is exciting <laughs> And then you come so, back and it's just, oh. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this is still pretty good. good. It's not great, but okay. Yeah, and I, and I want to start with, uh, this is going to shock people, but I have a complaint that I want to start for. I know we're always what? just unbridled optimism here on uh, the Covering the Corner podcast, but I hate all these day games. that We've had four already. There hasn't been a single night game, and tomorrow's is also, or Wednesday's, because there's a gap, is also a day game. And Merritt, I have, I have two monitors now. I have a little tablet I can use to watch. I have like a whole bat cave up here. I can watch so many games. But they play them during the day when my kids are home, so I have to watch it downstairs with all the screaming and yelling. Mm. And also my kids are screaming and yelling. <laughs> it's like being at the game. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's a lot like being at the game, probably. <laughs> but yeah, I, I want night games, Merritt. I miss them. I miss like they're just some I like day games as a, a rarity, but I, I miss having just night games. You can just come up and watch wherever you want and just nice and quiet and watch a baseball game and, and cry to yourself when you go to bed after they're losing. But I agree with you. I mean like I I have it in the background at work, but like I can't pay attention because I have to do my job and stuff, which sucks. Gross. Uh, I know it's lame as shit, man. But I, I, I am looking forward to being able to watch the game, you know, during and after dinner or, or you know wherever, up in the study, down in the basement. You know, I have a I have a basement I can sit in now, so I want to I want to do that and watch baseball on the television. Um, and we do have one other minor change to talk about before we get into baseball stuff is that we have a new name now last week we kind of teased it that uh let's go tribe was changing to something else and we're now covering the corner um i know ren is so sneaky about it it's kind of bad timing because we it's been a week and it's already just kind of done and over with but we are uh we have a new name now we're just going with covering the corner podcast for this one um prospect guys are going to have a new name on friday which will be neat so yeah, we got some some new stuff here, so had to redo the intro once because I almost said the wrong thing, <laughs> but we got it eventually because we're the covering the corner, covering the corner podcast. And as we mentioned in our the introduction post for it, it's just a it's a nod both to where Progressive Field is because it's at the corner. I mean, there's a bar there and everything, um, and also Tom Hamilton. He says welcome to the corner at the start of every game he calls. So kind of a neat tie in there, and it, and it can apply to anything unless they change, unless they move the stadium when they yeah. If they're just I don't know on the 
in the middle of a street instead of at the corner of two things, then it won't work. But otherwise, no matter what the name is, it pretty much works unless they're like they the anti the mailing address to a different side of the stadium. And then you're like, shit, this doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah, it probably would be easier to redo a street than move the whole stadium. So maybe they'll just <laughs> get rid of the corner and they'll just be at Carnegie now. There's no more Ontario. But unless they do that, we're good. We're, we're, um, we're covered, Merit. We're covered on the corner for our name. That could be a good name for a podcast. Covering the corner? Covered on the... Wait, what's the name of, what's, what's the name of the website again? I forgot. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. I've already forgotten. <laughs> uh, I didn't have it. Is. Oh, right. Okay. CTC, of course. <laughs> that cinnamon toast crunch. Okay. <laughs> it was good, too, because like the, that was a, a couple of days after that guy found the cinnamon toast uh, crunch tails that were shrimp tails in his toast. So that was good. We tied it in. Got the SEO. SEO, yeah. everyone. We did that. <laughs> you know what else you don't want to find in your uh, cinnamon toast crunch, Mary? Uh, this is wrong, first of all. We're going. <laughs> Meatballs, man. Meatballs. You don't want to find meatballs in your cinnamon toast crunch, but where you do want to find them is your favorite Cleveland baseball podcast. Because like a like a sweet meatball. <laughs> I guess oh, we have to debate now if marshmallows are meatballs. I mean, it's not meat, but it is. No, it's, it's definitely not. However, there is a thing as sweet meats, and which is, I guess is just brains. And my mom made bread meat once and put it in soup. It was int- it was bread basically crammed into a tube and then boiled, so it's like a sausage. Uh, well, if, again, that, if that can be considered bread meat, then I think you can call marshmallow a meatball. No, you can't. It's a marshmallow, all right? I'm not getting hot dog <laughs> hamburger bullshit with you right now. This is ravioli Pop-Tart territory more than that. But um, but what's your meatball for this week, Mary? Well, as you may... I, mean, I don't even know if this is deep or not, but <laughs> as you may or may not know, I am left-handed. And so I'm always at my eyes out for another lefty starter. And guess what? Cleveland got we, we, Cleveland gave us one on Monday. Logan Allen started uh, in the fourth game of the season. He had an okay start, I think. Five innings, five hits, uh, two earned runs. Off of a dinger from uh, Whit Merrifield, um, which happens. Whit Merrifield's a very good hitter. What can you do? He's very one might call him a professional hitter, Matt. But um, I was curious because it just doesn't happen very much. And actually, this is the first time a lefty has started for Cleveland in April since 2015, and that was when T.J. House uh, went 1.1 innings and gave up six earned runs on six hits and what in a home run against Detroit. Uh, it was a nasty day, to be sure, a very ugly day. But actually, this was the best start by a lefty in April, or to open a season, I suppose. As David Huff gave him uh, six innings of one earned run ball back in 2000 and... What year is this again? 2010. I didn't get to go all the way back to looking at Cliff Lee's numbers, because um, one year prior, I was actually, Cliff Lee had a horrible April. Yeah, I just it's nice to see. It's, it's, it's weird how rare... I guess not weird, but it, it sucks how re- rare lefty starters are these days because you can't just kind of be a crafty lefty. You have to be a crafty lefty that can throw, you know, 96 to be, have any long-term success. And you might end up in the bullpen oh, when that happens anyway. So, anyway, there you go. First uh, lefty starter to, to, to throw in April since uh, TJ House. Uh, back when TJ House was on his way out, actually. He ended up pitching only in April that year. 13 total innings in four starts. Uh, and, and ended up with a 13.15 ERA. So and it's weird too because they almost had like an era of left-handed pitchers with Lee and Sabathia. Like that was their thing for a few years, and now oh, yeah, just no, exactly. I was, I was really jazzed. Like we're all, all this entire this team's always going to have a, a Cy Young winning lefty. Yeah, and I was like, this is great, man. Cool. I mean, yeah, a big one, a smooth one, a cool one, and then nothing, and then just. TJ House and Ryan Merritt and uh, David Huff and just these names just rolling through them and going. I can't believe you missed the Ryan Merritt connection because he's the last lefty to start, not just in April, but. No, no, I know. I know. <laughs> like I, since 2016, I, I was, but. I was going to mention that, but yeah, he was the last lefty to start. Yeah, yes. Actually, was he? Because Bruce Chen comes in there too. He's way before that, though. He was. I know it's 2015, excuse me. 
Merritt was yeah, like 2017, but, um, I think. So 2017, he had to start in like April or something. something. But um, yeah. So anyway, I thought it was pretty neat. It's good to have a lefty out there. Yeah, and he was um, so he was taking out like the plan to piggyback with Tristan McKenzie. He was not happy about it. I, I I guess I can just I'm inferring based on what they showed. Like Terry Francona came over to explain something to him in the dugout. And he didn't look too happy about it. Like he wasn't throwing a bat or anything, but he just looked visibly annoyed. And um, I, I guess it's because maybe they didn't expect him to pitch that long because he was there were three straight innings there where he was less than ten pitches. So he was just rolling. But they they got to keep Tristan McKenzie's arm alive like they did Cal Quantrill the other day. So. He basically tagged team with McKenzie to to lose a game three to nothing, which is also I could be wrong, but I think he got more ground outs in this game than the Indians had forced in the entire uh, season to this point. Oh God, <laughs> because <laughs> I, I, got, I was I was rewatching Savale's start on Sunday, and I don't think he recorded a ground out until like the third inning, and he got like two more. But no one has been grinding grounding out against them. It's been wild. Yeah, that's kind of expected, I think. Because Shane Bieber, you're not going to get a ton because he just strikes you out all the time and. Right, exactly. I think Plezak's just a fly ball guy, but the problem is everybody's been slow to start. <laughs> Surprisingly, Allen loaded the bases and still got out with nothing in the first inning, but he gave up a couple. So I think eventually, when the pitching is is better than how dare they give up three runs in a game, then maybe we'll have a chance. But not if the offense can't score anything. Well, that's the thing too. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it. Bieber, I thought was great. I didn't, I didn't see all Plezak start, but I think these guys are getting shelled. The offense just is in a, in a toilet, and then you should get they should they should leave that toilet. It's not <laughs> nice there. Get out of that toilet. It's not good. Get out of the toilet. What are you doing? So my meatballs pitching related too. Um, I'm going to read you the list on the fourth. So that would be Sunday of the highest pitch velocities from that game between the Cleveland baseball team and the Detroit Tigers. I'm just going to read down the names real quick. This is just a random assortment of names of who threw the fastest pitches um, in that game. Number one, Emmanuel Classe. Number two, Emmanuel Classe. Number three, Emmanuel mm. Class A. Number four, mm. Emmanuel Class A. Number mm. five, Emmanuel Class A. <laughs> Number mm-hmm. six through 11, Emmanuel Class A. <laughs> he threw the 11 um, hardest pitches in that game. Nine of them were over 100 miles per hour, which is just ridiculous. He threw a 101.3 mile per hour cutter. All those balls were cutters. They weren't just um, four seamers. Tarek Skubal threw the fastest four seamer at 97, but Emmanuel Class A blew that away. So, I mean, this is that's one hell of a debut for Cleveland that he had because he didn't pitch all of last year. According to Sarah Langs on Twitter, who always finds these cool little... She basically finds meatballs and posts them on Twitter. She's stealing our thing, man. She doesn't even know it, but... We can just steal from her then. Perfect. <laughs> um, it's the most by an Indians pitcher in their career since uh, the StatCast era, since 2008. Or since pitch tracking, since they started tracking that kind of stuff. Since 2008, it's the most 100-mile-per-hour pitches. Um, he has just over 400-mile-per-hour pitches as an Indians pitcher than all Cleveland pitchers combined from 2008 to 2021. So... The the Indians have not had a lot of fireballers, which is amazing considering how good of a pitching machine they have. They just don't have guys who just pump gas like this, but they do now in Class A. Of course, Karen Chack can come near that too, but not quite at throwing 101 miles per hour with movement, which is just ridiculous. Um, and of course, obviously, if Anthony Ghost comes up, if St. Hedges is, comes up, um, they have a chance to have like three guys up there who can hit 100, which is insane for this bullpen. So I actually can't think of another pl- pitcher who's hit 100 off the top of my head i mean i'm not thinking very hard <laughs> for cleveland i mean it'd be um i'm trying to like who would it be i don't even know like um i can't think of a single starter who would have came it must have just been some reliever who came in and threw a couple because <laughs> nobody's thrown more than nine so we already know that that it couldn't have been somebody who does it regularly it just had to be a couple that, that popped in and did it but yeah exactly someone who's just feeling especially loose that day or something like that but like yeah like you said there's just i've never i can't think of a single person who has like even an average yeah nobody's even there. and they're cutters wow. too that's the that's the thing these aren't straight pitches like i think you've mentioned it before in the podcast that they're they're 101 with movement which is insane and it's also that um like it 
if he does a couple more games of this, if we want to take winning a trade very literally, he needs to amass 0.2 war to pass the line of the shields and make Cleveland win the trade because Corey Kluber didn't play at all. So we are very close to already winning a trade from two years ago, which is good. Fucking a right. <laughs> See, they were right all along. We never should have wanted Corey Kluber, who I think he looked okay with the Yankees, but that's irrelevant to the trade because he would have been a free agent and Cleveland could have signed him, but they didn't because they have a million other pitchers. So it is what it is, but they should have resigned him. You want him to resign? Did he pitch already? He did, yeah, for the Yankees. He was, I think he, again, like the Indians, he was slow at first and then sort of caught on. He had a couple just ridiculous pitches on the outside, like where he went up. He was on the very bottom of the zone and then like a little bit above that and a little bit above that. Like it was just different enough to to keep the Blue Jays off balance. So I think he's, I don't know if he's back, but he's he's close. He's back, he baby. He's going to make us regret that and <laughs> be ridiculous in New York, which just sucks all around. But Oh, hey, maybe when Cy Young and, and, and specifically, uh, what's his name? Well, not when Cy Young. That'd be funny. Garrett Cole didn't win the <laughs> Oh, Corey Kluber won it instead of Garrett Cole. Yeah. 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 yeah, laugh. Um, but yeah so Cleveland's own Cy Young winner pitched on opening day. Shane Bieber was, again, it was a slow start for him against the Tigers. Um, he allowed a couple runs, which I think were the only ones, and then he just shut down the, the Tigers lineup. I heard there was an interview in the game. He said that he wanted to strike out fewer batters to work deeper into games because nobody can hit his stuff, but he always has to throw at least three pitches and usually more because he just tosses junk out of the zone that they chase sometimes to lay off it. But he wanted to strike out for your batters, but what he did was strike out 12, which is there's only three other pitchers that have done it to have 12 strikeouts and back to back starting or opening days. Because last year, of course, he did it against the Royals. He had 14. So it's him, Nolan Ryan, Bob Gibson, and Randy Johnson. It's not a terrible list of names to be on. Uh, a nice collection yeah, of guys. Nice, yeah, just, sure. just some people. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're on baseball cards. I've heard these names once. Yeah, he started slow. He's ridiculous. Pretty much after that first slow start, it was a vintage Bieber start with all of his strikeouts and making a Tigers lineup look like they should, which is probably bad, and then they still lost. That was a weird home run, too, that Cabrera hit, so I'm not even going to get all worked up about it. because it... He didn't even know it was a home run. <laughs> like, no, he no slid one in the did. second, yeah. No one was like, was it? Because I think it, was, it wasn't even top five exit velocity batted ball. Like, it was only the high, ni- like, high 90s, I think, in terms of – it's so windy at the right field. So I mean, I'm not gonna take anything away from him. He had a home run. Good for him. Yeah, and it made like because uh, the Tigers social media account they posted like a slow motion gif of or a video of Cabrera rounding the bases, and it was so yeah, nice. It was like I know baseball railer happens in snow, and it probably shouldn't for safety reasons, but it did, <laughs> and it looks so cool that like you're supposed to Cabrera. They cut out the part that where he slid in the second base, but they they got him rounding first, and then rounding third, and with the snow like dirtier. Running, so. Yeah, it's like hmm, why is he all muddy all of a sudden? That's weird. <laughs> Somebody was splashing him as he rounded the bases, but. Someone, I think, I think it was um, what Rob Friedman on Twitter pointed out that like Corey Kluber throw or not Corey Kluber, goddamn uh, Shane Bieber uh, throws. He is like top five or something in terms of pitches thrown per at bat, but he's up there with like guys like Degrom and like all the other like another just great pitcher because they just have these deep arsenals and they just can keep on going back to something else and something else and something else uh, over and over and over. I don't know if it would be, it's a smart thing for him to like want to go seven innings. I mean, especially now with the way the bullpen is starting to reveal itself. I mean, they're building a situation here where he only has to go five. And as we saw, especially in the playoffs, like the starter's not going to be going four or five anyway. So I like the idea here of him wanting to go deep into into games and whatnot, but I think he could do that anyway. I mean, I hate the idea of pitching contact, especially with what they're rolling out there in the, you know, the outfield most days. Yeah, it's not good. Naylor made a couple decent plays as a right fielder, but I don't think there was anything else egregious anybody did. Like, <laughs> Luis Robert completely missed the ball and hit himself in the forehead. That on was the pretty white good. Side. That didn't happen. But, yeah, did you see? So it was like the span of a minute where that happened with Luis Robert and then Christian Walker and the Diamondbacks. His third baseman threw a ball to him, 
and he it just like skimmed over his glove and him right below the eye. Oh, gross! Yeah, in the in the as they were examining him, it was getting bigger and bigger, and like it was clearly going to swell up. I didn't see if they. It was gnarly, and that happened. And then Luis Robert, a ball hit his head. Also, um, it's a mysterious energy. Yeah, it was a weird night because on the same night, CB Buckner, a ball went off the catcher's thigh, off of Buckner's chest, and right up under his face, and hit him in the chin. And then the the medical team came out, and then the Rays medical guy just started fainting for some reason, and then he had to be tended to. So that it was did happen. It was it, it was wild because this is part of my bat cave. I was watching all these at once, and like they were overlapping the the insanity of all the medical issues that were happening, but. I wonder where the moon was at that point. Ooh, was it in retrograde or was it in retrograde? What does that mean? You ask. This is immaterial to the conversation. <laughs> no clue. Retrograde. Shane Bieber had more swings and misses than everyone else that game that he started combined. Yeah, I don't think he can help it. <laughs> he can say he wants the pitch to contact. But yeah, like if you're sorry, this good, dude, they're gonna miss. Like he had 22 swings and misses. misses. Matthew Boyd, Daniel Norris, and Jose Cisnero had 12 combined, and James Karinczak had one. This is the way you are. You, you are you are the one who they cannot hit. So just deal with it and move on with your life like shit. Yeah, and Brian Shaw had a decent outing, but also it was all cutters. So I'm not yet ready to say that he's fixed because obviously his issue before was that it was only cutter. So I still want to see him use a slider, which he didn't. He threw. I think he, he dropped a slider in there, didn't he? Baseball's he a lot called a curveball, but. Okay, I was going to say there's something in there that he threw that had much more depth than I, than I was expecting, I guess. And I mean, the fastball, or the cutter rather, doesn't have the same speed it used to, but. It definitely has a nice bite to it, and I mean, if you can do that and pair it with something that moves up and down, as opposed to a pitch that just moves slightly slower and slightly more like he used to, I think that definitely makes more sense for his overall arsenal now that he's an older dude, as opposed to what he used to be able to do, which was at least could theoretically blow people away with a, with a like a fastball or something like that. So I liked what I saw. I'm, I, if, again, if, he, if this is going to be the fourth best reliever in the in the in the, in the bullpen, awesome, and like. Hopefully, f- sooner or later, fifth, and then sixth, and then seventh, and eighth, shoot, ninth. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, there's several people that are gonna be ahead. It's not even a joke. Like he's, he could be a decent reliever and still have a bunch ahead of him. So, oh, exactly. No, it's, it's very exciting. So, I, I, I like, I like what we see out of him. And uh, I mean, I know it's been a very disappointing couple of days because they're now one and three, I guess. But I'm just, I'm, I'm sure we can get into more of it. But there's, there's lots I've seen here that I'm excited about, or, you know, cautiously positive about. Which again. I have to be because it is still April 5th. <laughs> yeah, and it's we can get into that stuff because, I mean, like, both the catchers hit a home run. That was cool. <laughs> I didn't expect that, that two of the first, like, four batters that hit home runs would be Roberto Perez and Austin Hedges. But um, we got some powerful catchers back there. Is, is there anything else, like, and specifically that was – I mean, obviously everybody's hitting the ball hard, so that's something you can point to. Like, yeah, they're not going to be I, terrible I th- forever. I think just in general that, right? Like, it, th- things will trend in the right direction. I mean, the guys – you know, it's a very flawed team. Obviously, there's there's no there's no getting around that aspect. All the you know all the guys we're expecting to be offensive impact types um, are starting to do something, even if it's not even if the balls aren't landing. So you know, like Ramirez, like I think he had the three three of the five hardest hit balls today. Um, he did it again. Um, you know, he's done that several different times. He's hitting the ball real hard constantly. Which I remember he was doing that a couple years ago when he, when he had that horrible slump in 2019 as well. I hope that's not going to happen again. He's, he's still pulling the ball though. Like I don't feel like he's he's trying to spray it again, which would be no, no. I, I I mean, after all the talk we had about the ball, look at me being a moron. Apparently, it's the same fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Or maybe it's not. I don't know. It would be really funny if they use like the juice ball in like, in Arizona, and then they just be like, oh, and we're using this new ball. No, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's just straight up hating the players at this point. They just but then, you know. Ball. 
Well, I mean, as we all know, Major League Baseball hates one thing more than anything else, and that's baseball. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, proven. But, you know, Eddie Rosario is an asshole who is on our team now, so it's great. Just looking at bullshit. And, <laughs> he hit a home run. That was nice. It was Yeah, exactly. That was that was cool. Yeah, and it was a weird one, too. It wasn't quite as high as, like, at his chin that he's done at times, but it was still a pretty high pitch that got away from the pitcher, and he, he hit a 1,000 feet. It's so much more fun to watch those when it's not against your team, which is... And uh, Yu Chang is outperforming his 2020, so we're, we're broken good so far. <laughs> yeah, you're, you can take a mini victory lap on Yu Chang because he's, he's fun as hell. Like, I didn't expect Everyone him to be the first him. baseman. <laughs> he's, he smiles all the time. It's great. Forget that other Mr. Smile. This is our Mr. Smile now. Like, yeah, dude. This guy's constantly grinning. He's a joy. He's absolute joy. Everyone loves this boy. This is our, new, this is our guy right here. Yeah, and, and people were saying like it was a squint in the snow, but like he was doing it today and it was perfect weather. He just, the dude's smiling. He loves baseball. And, He's, he's out there having a good time. He loves it. And you know what? He's hitting the ball pretty hard, and he's hasn't struck out once yet. So I assume that'll continue. He hasn't walked once yet. I assume that won't continue. And it's going to be great. It's going to be great. He has more batted balls already this year than he did last year and several less pitches. Uh, his exit velocity is up. You know what? I'm going to make a lot of stupid decisions and, and opinion-making about all, about what he's done so far. <laughs> why not? Shoot. I love every season. It's I didn't even expect the first base thing until like it was announced. I didn't. Did he play first base in spring at all? Did I miss that somewhere? I feel like I it was all Jake so. Bowers and Bobby Bradley, and then like I don't think he's ever played first base. <laughs> now he's just there. Like, and he made a couple. Like, he hasn't made anything bad yet, but he was just kind of his positioning wasn't quite right on a pickoff attempt that Logan Allen had, and um, so he's clearly not a first baseman. But he's done fine, and I mean, he's it's kind of weird having your first baseman bat ninth, but I just don't get why he's platoon with Jake Bowers. If their whole goal is to see what they have with him before they cut bait and then bring Bobby Bradley in, why are you platooning him? It's, it's a weird thing. Oh, the whole thing is stu- okay. So he has um, up until 2021, he has never played first base ever. Well, that's, is that the and, only the majors? Cause he hasn't played much in the majors. Yes, yet. exactly. He has two games, <laughs> three games at first base, a total of 16 innings in, 3,900 innings in the minors and then whatever he is in the majors. So <laughs> so he's just kind of out there doing his thing. Just having a great time. Yeah, sure, boss. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? It'll be great. But yeah, and it, So, I mean, we can talk about the weird platoon things they're doing because it's, I mean, it's him and Jake Bowers, which I didn't expect. It's Ben Gamel yeah. and Ahmed Rosario, which sucks. Sucks. <laughs> well, it's not even Ahmed Rosario. It's Ben Gamel and um, Jordan Luplo, but then it's Ahmed Rosario and Andres Jimenez, which is the weird one to me that they started I think they started Jimenez against a lefty on opening day, but then now they're not all of a sudden. Like yesterday, he wasn't against a lefty today. I don't know if they just wanted to let him start opening day as like a, a confidence thing. Just let him say that he was an opening day starter and now they're platooning him, but it's it's really dumb. I don't get why they're so desperate, first of all, to get Ahmed Rosario playing time and also to either platoon or rest like a 22-year-old. I think he's fine. I think his legs are going to work. He's going to be okay. He's a great shortstop, but he's... They just have to get Ahmed Rosario with that bats apparently, and they're going to do it with these these weird platoons that they're they're doing. So, I know that I talked a lot in the spring and winter also about the logjam of mediocrity that uh, Cleveland seems to face. I just didn't think it was going to actively affect the team this much, as far as having to force their hands into platooning so much. Like in the first week, <laughs> in the first week, I guess that's what it is. Like I've seen very different lineups over and over, and I've seen way too much of Ben Gamble already. Way too I, much. I, 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 I'll be honest, I think I'd prefer if Jordan Luplo just started every day over having Ben Gamble out there because, well, for no good reason at all. That's a bad idea, but I still want to do it anyway because who knows? Why not? I just mean, do it anyway. They tried it before. Like, this is – why not just try it now? Like, Ben Gamble's not a good center fielder or a good hitter. Like, if you're going to try it ever, why not just do it now? If you're not going to put on Rosario out there, let, let Luplo try to hit righties again. If it fails, you're still probably better than Ben Gamble. So, 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we, Ben Campbell at this point is a known commodity, and that commodity is lead. And he's not even a good – he has reverse split, so he's not even a good – I mean, he's a lefty, but he hits better against lefty. So I, I don't think Terry Francona looks past their handedness, and that's it, like as far as the platoon. Which seems insane to me because, I I mean, I don't know. I, I, I hate to make that judgment, but it just, it, like you said, it does seem that way because why else would they be doing the things that they are doing? It's been a very weird – it's only been four games, but it's been very confusing because just – Use of the pitching, use of the bullpen, all that stuff, great. Uh, lineup's a little bit different than I would have liked, but who gives a shit? Like, one through six, as long as it's certain guys. But the fact that Ben Gamble is getting playing time at all is confusing to me. The fact that Cesar Hernandez isn't batting leadoff, like... Well, I heard I that... Made... Was it Tom Hamilton said on a broadcast or something that Hernandez said he didn't want to bat leadoff? Which is... That's wild. I, I, I guess the point on that one is, like, who gives a shit? He's leaving next year. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I understand like he doesn't want to do it and you want to get the most out of him. But, like, he's the one who needs to make sure he gets paid again next year. It's not I, – I don't think not batting leadoff is going to affect his performance that much. And, like, I like Jordan Luplo. He's, you know, who doesn't like an incredibly flawed, uh, you know, can only hit lefties outfielder. They're great. They, they look like God half the time or a quarter of the time. And – the other three quarters of the time, they sh- they shit. But I don't think you should be leading off. I mean, I like the idea. Again, oh yeah, I don't mind that. Like, that. That's that's the half of the platoon I don't mind. I like the yeah, exactly. But, but the other Gamble. half, like no, yeah, like what the fuck is going? Yeah, so it's just, it's very confusing sometimes because it's I don't know why they're doing these things. So they they, they have a guy who I, mean, I don't think there's any such thing as a perfect like a prototypical leadoff hitter anymore. I think the perfect leadoff hitter is anything Mike Trout probably. Uh, and but it, again, it should not be Ben Gamble. Like I understand you want him to play. I guess I don't understand it. But I'm just like looking at the box score from what was it, the third. I would bet bet I would bat bet Gamble bet. Jesus Christ, <laughs> bat Ben Gamble. <laughs> um, I don't know behind Josh Naylor. Do you think it's a crazy statement to say I think Josh Naylor should get one more point seven more at bats than Ben Gamble? I think that's a good idea. Does that seem insane to you? It seems sane to me. That, I mean, that's, that's normal. I the only defense I can think of it is that Luplo makes perfect sense as a leadoff guy against lefties because he's so good. Like he is the Mike Trout that you'd put as your leadoff guy, and you want to get him as many bats as you can against the left. Like that 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 logic extends. I hope they can do that sort of a thing. That makes sense to me. But then I think his his the other half of the thinking is he doesn't want to. Um, again, we're assuming there's this huge psychological difference between leadoff and whatever but he doesn't want to shift like josh naylor back and forth or shift i don't even know who'd be the leadoff guy if caesar hernandez doesn't want to do it but <laughs> I, I guess like either one of the the shortstop guys like he doesn't want to move everybody around every single game just for this platoon he insists on having and even if luplo was playing every game it wouldn't make sense for him to have be lead off against a right-handed hitter so it's just kind of a doing with what you got kind of thing, I guess. But it's, it's just annoying too, because it doesn't matter a whole lot, but it's still just annoying to see Ben Gamble leading off. And I don't know where you'd bat him. Like, there's like nowhere I'm stealing good. this a bit from, from Mike Petriello was pointing this out earlier because the Jays tonight on Monday night started Kevin Pilar first, like, like leading off. And like his whole point was like, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but it didn't, the one thing you do want to do is, you know, just have your best six hitters batting the first six times. And then after that, you kind of figure it out from there. So, I don't know. Why not just bat Ahmed Rosario if you're going to be platooning or something? Who cares? Like, I mean, imagine having six of best hitters, man. That's that's a dream we don't have right now. <laughs> that's true. We have six okay hitters, <laughs> yeah. and I I, just, I don't want to be consumed by Ben Gamble because he's such a bit player and like, but it's it's crazy to me that they can't just go Hernandez, Ramirez, Rosario, Reyes, Naylor, 
And then who gives a shit after that? Like Yu Chang, obviously would bat. Maybe he could bat lead off. I guess he's the best player. So yeah, I don't see how you couldn't at least like talk Hernandez into it. Like if he doesn't want to, just like have a sit down with him. That first of all doesn't matter. Second of all, have you seen the rest of our hitters? And we need you to bat lead off just because it makes sense. And third of all, I penciled you in here. So if you don't, then what are we going to the game? <laughs> I, start? I can't find an eraser. What do you want me to do? Yeah. I can't. I wrote it, it in pen. Yeah. <laughs> We have one of the, I hired a calligrapher and everything. Look, it's beautiful. <laughs> you want to ruin this, Cesar, every day? Okay, Cesar, <laughs> come on. He works so, look at him over there. He's working hard now. He makes his own ink with assorted poultices and grinding down the various substances he digs out of the, uh, the shores of the Cuyahoga River, all the old paint that's just built up on it. Anyway. <laughs> You're going to make us erase it. How dare you? But yeah, the lineup is just weird. The, the platooning thing is the bigger annoyance to me. The lineup thing is just a side effect of, of that. Now, I mean, and again, I love platooning. It's silly and fun. It's 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 one of the confusing aspects of baseball. Like, why does this I, work? I don't think you should platoon a third of your lineup, though. But <laughs> we all knew this was going to happen. They gave yeah, an extra yeah. bench bench spots. Like, it's going to be all. And you know what? Honestly, if you could make it work, and it made sense, like you, if you could cobble together three, you know, combined one twenty five WRC plus guys, because you can't afford or develop hitters otherwise, awesome. And like if it, if honestly, if it trends out that way towards the end, like towards the middle of the season, and it's just this weird thing that they're doing at them and the Rays and some other team that doesn't spend money are doing, cool. Uh, it's certainly not great for jersey sales, or is it? Hmm. Uh, because you have some. <laughs> Got to get those Yu Chang jerseys in there. Yeah. Got to get the Ben Game right. You do. Damn right. God damn. I'm get a Yu Chang jersey now. It, it's also annoying because this is not the year for them to do this. Like to they don't have the the leeway they used to like could, there's a, a very good chance they're going to lose the, the division or wild card by like three games so i get april games are dumb and don't matter that much because it's it's april so you don't stress about them but also it's three games you lost where maybe if you could have had oh i don't know daniel johnson who could hit or bobby bradley who might be a little better than jake bowers maybe you win one of these at some point but it just seems like a weird time to be to be playing the fringes as much as they are when they have potentially better hitters who could be doing things, even starting Jordan Luplo instead of Ben Gamble or literally anybody but, but Ben Gamble as a leadoff hitter. Like these little things they could do to win one of these games early on when there's still going to be, it's going to be a close race at the end of the season. And we're going to look back at all these little decisions they made where they lost a the game here or there, which if you do that too much, you're going to drive yourself crazy, but it's just something we can, it's going to be annoying when we're in September and two games behind the White Sox. Hopefully not I mean, the this is This has been a, I mean, I, I, we all know this has been kind of a thing, I guess. Oh, yeah, uh, with, with with Francona, with the Francona era, it's just it's kind of slow starts. Like you look at the, his eventual records in um, in April, so they're not bad. Like they're right around five hundred usually, but it's just it's not like like it's just it's it's not cool because, like you said, like they they, they don't do themselves any favors. They, like you have to start like you have to lean on that April or that May June kind of blast all of a sudden, and the other teams are good also. So, I don't know. Like, it's I, – I, you wish they could get like, – to your point, like, yes, this is not the year that they can do something like this, but this is also the year they ha- they they are going to do this because they're just not as good anymore. Like, they're rolling out the lineup they had in 2015, 2016, and they're getting off to a, you know, a 14 and 10 start or whatever the hell by the end of April. Um, that sucks, but like, what, what, that's the way it's going to be. So, they're just kind of stuck. And, but I, I think there's ways that they could – make their lives a little easier and you point them out, right? Obviously there's, I mean, at the very least, uh, Daniel Johnson. I don't know if Bobby Bradley is going to be any kind of a fix at this point because I don't know. Well, what is he, you know, what is he going to, what, what's he going to do that Yu Chang's not doing? Nothing. That's right. <laughs> well, I mean, the start Yu Chang every day, I guess is, is better than starting Jake Powers at this point is what I'm, 
more in favor of. But I, I guess Bowers has hit the ball hard too. Like he's part of everybody's hit the ball right to an outfielder. So maybe they'll fall eventually. But then why are you platooning him if you think he can do it? It's, it's I, honestly, I like I like the way he's looked at the plate. Um, I, I think I, like you said, I think he's been hitting the ball hard. A couple, of, you know, I've, I've, I think every time he started going back and watched all the bats, and you know, it's not perfect. It's not great, but he's still you know twenty five. Maybe it'll be a good year for him. Like I, it's it's still so hard to make any real judgments here. Um. Because they're all hitting the ball hard. Who knows? Maybe they're all going to be pretty good. Maybe this is the year they all become pretty good, or one of them does. And like I said before, they're going to cobble together a whole bunch of just, you know, superstars out of uh, bit players. So, yeah, I feel like we have this every year where we always go. I, I'm, I'm sure my, every team does, I guess, where it feels like everybody's hitting the ball hard right to somebody. If like 20 years ago, you wouldn't have been able to measure it. So you just kind of feel it. But now we can actually look and like say everybody's blistering the ball straight to. I wonder if that'll be helpful for because, like, obviously in the old days, like people were saying that, right? Like, oh, you were hitting the ball so hard there, and like the, the player knows that and they feel it, but like, you know, they're not getting any hits, and so like, I wonder if they're like now they can see the numbers. Like, yeah, you hit the shit out of it. Actually, look at this; the numbers are high. Like, hmm, I should keep on doing this. All right, cool. And like that becoming maybe more in the in the in the mainstream, the talk of exit velocity being you know being good and things like that maybe helps these guys to at least, uh, you know, like not worry quite so much about starting out the season 0 for 10 or whatever. So, Cause you know, you want to get that first hit and everything. Like that. I think, and I think everyone on, on Cleveland gotten a hit so far, right? There's no one who's, who's looking at an 0 for that's gotten any real playing time that I can think of. <laughs> you added the last little bit in there, but I think Ben Gamble might be an 0 for. <laughs> I think he's walked, but that's it. Um, but yeah, uh, Ben Gamble and Jake Bowers <laughs> actually have no hits. There you so. go. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> Ben Gamble does have a 23 OPS plus. To Jake Bowers is negative 100 though because he took two walks. So, by the way, did you see that Robbie Grossman had like eight walks in that in that series? Like, what the hell? Like, I was watching the, the game, this game on Sunday. I was like, eight? No, wait, that can't be right. That seems like an insane number. Robbie Grossman? I, I I am eternally mad that he used to be. He was in spring training one year for Cleveland. I let him go. Like. Well, you know, you know how they are between him and uh, Brad Miller. How does the good ones go? <laughs> they don't care about playing the best guys on the field. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, <laughs> we did get to see on on Monday at least. We got to see an old friend, Carlos Santana, come back to Cleveland. I just kind of wanted to talk about that. It was it was cool that he got a standing ovation. Um, a big part of it is there was only like eight thousand people in the stands. Uh, but even like Jason Kipnis last year, he came back since going to the Cubs. He didn't get that at all. He got the video on the screen, which I don't think they did that for Carlos, but. Um, well, why would they? He was just some guy they signed from Philadelphia for a single year. It's true, yeah. They never played there before. But Kipnis got a video, but no ovation or anything. But it was cool that Santana got to come up to the plate. Everybody cheered. He stepped back, took his hat off. Everybody stood up. So that was a neat moment. Because um, I love Carlos Santana. I think I, almost everybody involved with covering the corner, I would assume, does. Because he's been here so long, and he had that big catch that sent him to the World Series, which is um, one of the lasting images for me for that that whole year was him catching the ball and going to his knees um, and waiting for it to come out. That was just the coolest thing. I was glad it was Santana that caught it. Cause he always, he just catches so much shit for just walking a lot. Like Joey Votto does. Um, and, but he's always so good. Like he moved all these positions. He, he played center field in the world series out of nowhere and just was happy to do it. I, I think the only time we ever heard him complain about anything was he didn't like being a DH, but he, he still did it, and he did it for a while until they moved him to first base. And it turned out he was a great first baseman. So, yeah, no, total team player. You know, that's that's he is. He was always just a bizarre guy to watch, and just because the the way he'd get it'd be zero and two, and then it'd be three and two, and he'd strike out sometimes. You're like, what the fuck just happened? It's very strange. Or he just he just you know, nubber a nubber of the second baseman or something like that. 
totally, yeah, totally delightfully weird, like, um, player that, I don't know, pissed me off sometimes. I was like, couldn't he just make a little more contact? He hits the ball so hard sometimes. Ugh. Well, it was really good uh, being, like, let off, too. That was, but then they put him as a cleanup hitter, and I don't think he's ever, I mean, he hits home runs. He hit, like, 30 a few years, but I'm, I never Oh, yeah, no, I mean, he's a 25 player. to 30 uh, at his peak, but, it, and he, he, like you said, he walked a tremendous amount. I just, he was like so many. He was the opposite of so many of the players that they have now, who are just hyper aggressive and hit the ball very hard. And he just was had such a preternatural sense of his, of his strike zone to to a point that it was like, I mean, the, the Indians haven't had a lot of elite things going on. Like, play, I mean, obviously uh, Francisco Lindor was elite in the field and things like that. But like, I don't think anyone had as good of an eye on, on Cleveland since. In the nineties is Carlos Santana. So no, it was cool to see him back and appreciated by the fans because like you said, he used to catch a lot of shit for being a guy who hits two thirty one with a three eighty on base percentage, basically. Yeah, and he's second in franchise history and walks behind Tilly, so and nobody's had even near that eye. So um yeah, it was just it was just neat that he's back in Cleveland. He's having a pretty good year too, so good for him. Uh, I really appreciate him, you know. I mean, the Royals are off to a good start and they can go to hell, but you know, whatever. <laughs> So looking ahead, uh, the Tigers, Cleveland will play them again after playing them over the weekend. Um, I mean, going back to my initial complaint, like what the hell are they doing with the schedule? The fact that there's – so the Cleveland played today on Monday. They have off on Tuesday. They play on Wednesday. They have off on Thursday. And then they play over the weekend against a team they just played a week ago. So, Dude, I thought there was something wrong with my app or something. <laughs> I know. Like, it's so wait, weird. it's Wednesday? Wait, there's no game on Thursday? What? I guess it's a travel day? But then like – the Monday Wednesday thing is confusing, and well, that's because they're they're just so desperate to not make anybody miss a home opener, which I, I get. It's just annoying, like it's so dumb. Um, but yeah, that, that's just where we are. Is that they they have a gap in there that we we don't know the pitchers yet, but obviously it's going to be um, Beaver's going to pitch on Wednesday. It, it was going to be Brad Keller for the Royals there, but they they chickened out, and now it's probably going to be like a bullpen day or somebody else. Um, so probably like please Zach Savali and. I guess it'd be Allen again against um, Allen, baby. Hell yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're living here in Allentown. Hell yeah. <laughs> Allentown, USA. So we'll see. Um, Bieber's going to face the Royals again. He won't get to face the Tigers a second time. But um, the Tigers just got, they were almost no hit by the Twins today um, until late when um, Badu, the guy they, the, he was selected off the Twins in the Rule 5 draft and he had a grand slam, which is, I, I feel bad for the optics of that. But, um, it's, it's where he that is. His, he homered against he his first home run on yep, yeah, his first, first career pitch. He had a home run off of uh, Savali too, so that was pretty cool. <laughs> so I, I would hope when when Cleveland pitchers, if they have they're over their bad inning, like this is going to be another shutdown because, I mean, Cleveland beat Detroit what was it, like twenty times in a row. I, I want to get back nineteen to that. times. 19. Yeah, Somewhere no, I, I, like I mean, let's be honest here. The Tigers are still not an impressive team. I um, I don't think their offense will stay as hot as we saw, but you know they also had a lot of time off and. Uh, well, they scored six runs today, didn't they? Yeah. So I mean, they, they've been scoring runs. It's just I, like you said, Bieber was just kind of off and this and that and other thing. And a guy out of nowhere hit an ambush home run. And outside of that, Savali was great. So and Logan was good. You know, uh, Logan Allen was good today too. And again, he just gave up a single home run, which it, that's, the, that's the game these days. So if Cleveland could just hit a few home runs themselves, that'd be <laughs> yeah, nice. hopefully, yeah. You know, just hit a couple of dingers. I want, I want to see. I want to see um, Josh Naylor just unload on one, like we saw him do a couple times in the spring. And I think that'll happen. I think he's going to hit his first home run um, on Friday. Friday, he'll hit his first home run. Is that an Mark official, it down, listeners. Official merit. Official prediction. And I think he's I'm, writing it down. I'm trying to make sure. Oh, man, it's going to rain all weekend. So maybe we'll miss a game. But 
<laughs> it's not supposed to be too bad, but there's supposed to be a little bit of rain. I was seeing if it's going to be warmer. Maybe that'll help. I don't, we've always known that Cleveland's so bad at the beginning of the year. Maybe it's just weather and they want to play warm baseball. But also they were bad at the beginning of last year. So who the hell knows? Um, but hopefully it's just it just turns around this season. We know the pitching's there. We've seen it already. Um, even their fourth guy who could potentially be their fifth or sixth guy when all things um, shake out is is pretty decent. Logan Allen was was not terrible. No, yeah, 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 yeah effective. And um, I read it really. I, I I wouldn't say it was hyper insightful or anything like that, just because I'd known all this stuff. There was a great article on MLB.com just about the Rays' own pitching factory and like about when it was. I think it was. I guess it was Snell. Like the day after they traded for him, he was starting, and it was just like you know, throw strikes and uh, throw a curveball more, and like, that's literally all it takes. Like they they take complex ideas and distill it down simply. And I guess that's probably what Cleveland does as well. So whatever these guys do well, they're going to see more and more of. So. I liked Allen's changeup, so we're going to see more of his changeup this year. Get used to it, ladies and gentlemen. I'll write an article about it next week. We'll see if he pitches well. We'll get another. We'll get an article about it probably. Yeah, we didn't see Bieber's changeup like at all. I don't think. I mean, no, the joke no, is that he always slow. works on it, quote unquote. Yeah, he's, he, he's, he's still working on it a little bit. Just, you know, give, him, give, him, give him a day or two. Yeah, he's working on it. He's just kind of. He wants to get the spin just right. He doesn't want to throw a. A mediocre change. I wonder how you know. Did he even throw a single change of that? He threw like game? one, but it was, okay, so yeah. it might have been just something else that was registered as a change. Six up. actually. He threw oh, six changeups. Yeah, slider, changeup, curt knuckle. Yeah, so yeah, he basically threw like thirty-three percent fastball, thirty-seven percent. Ooh, that's right around his you know, league average of last, or his average of last year. He's back, baby. I mean, he wasn't gone, but. He's still as he is still. That's his thing. He was gone for that first inning. It was kind of a uh, not great. So. So yeah, that'll do it for us this week, Merritt. Um, if you're not already subscribed to us on uh, Covering the Corner on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff, find us at Covering the Corner. On um, I, I had the whole rhythm down and I'm missing it because um, it's CoveringTheCorner.com, Covering the Corner on Facebook or at Cover the Corner on Twitter. Find me on Twitter at Matt RLY. Find Merritt at Merrill Lynch, but with lunch. Wait, Merrill Lunch. No, Merrill Lunch. Like, like Merrill, Merrill Lynch, Lynch with but, lunch. but the thing you eat in the middle of the day. There you go. It's a picture of a <laughs> sandwich. Call... You'll know when you find them. Yeah, you'll know when you find them. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, if you haven't, uh, leave us a review. Let your friends know about the podcast, that you love it. Um, and uh, talk to you next week, Merrick. I'll be here. 